0: Welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Praise the Lord. Well, give your neighbor a high five. Tell him you look better this year than you did last year. Hallelujah. And you could go ahead and be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, it's good to be here this morning. And as most of you know, I'm uh, over there in Cape Town, South Africa. And uh, I went into the country, I think it was about 15 years ago with a team of people from this church, from, uh, from different ministries that we have all over the world, from Europe, from different parts. And we all formulated one team. And we went into Cape Town, South Africa. And we went in with a vision and a mission to build a base in Cape Town that would be able to plant churches throughout the country of South Africa. And this many years later, we went from one church in Cape Town to eight churches throughout the country. And so we're excited about what God is doing. And I think one of the most beautiful things, especially with United We Can, and when you think of United We Can and Run for Hope, that not only have we been able to plant churches, but we've also purchased three properties in South Africa. Three properties, beautiful properties. Beautiful properties. We, first of all, purchased our men's home, our victory home. And uh, <clears throat> this victory home—it's not like a home you think of in the states. You think of a residential house. This is like a big apartment complex. This thing—I think at one time we had about 106 men in that home, and and uh, and yeah, the, people get excited about that. But actually, I got afraid. Hallelujah, to have 106 drug addicts and gang members and. Pastor Robert Avina was there, I think i seen him. He was there, he was directing that home, and, uh, and, and so it had 106 men. We housed all the families. So it's a big home. And for the beginning of the ministry, we leased it. But just recently, because of United We Can and Run for Hope, we've been able to purchase that property right there. And so, uh, so it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that's happening. And then not only have we purchased the home, but we also purchased the UTC right there in South Africa. Beautiful, beautiful property. Also more of a compound that has different buildings on it that I believe you could probably put about 50 people in each one of those buildings. And then also there's a house that's on that property that after I moved out of the home with 106 people, I said, I'm out of here. You guys could take it. I moved over to Beverly Hills, hallelujah. (laughs) And the UTC is in the Beverly Hills of Cape Town, South Africa, one of the most beautiful, beautiful places that we have in the country, and uh, and, and, and not only do we get to live there, but then also the most uh, prestigious schools that they have uh, in South Africa are located because of the area, and my kids get to go to those schools. So uh, because of your giving, United We Can, Run For Hope, not only have you positioned the ministry, but you've also been a blessing to our family on a personal level. So we love and appreciate each and every one of you that continually and consistently give. Tell your neighbor consistent. Because I know some of us wear our things, but then we give like every three months. Hallelujah. Once a quarter. As long as you're catching up on the two months that you missed, then praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But uh, we should be giving, you know, consistently. Somebody say consistently. Because those that are out there, sometimes out of sight, out of mind. But when we're out there giving ourselves, we know that there's family here that believes not only in a local vision, but believes in an international vision. How many know we are Victory Outreach International. <laughs> Go ahead and give the Lord one more good round of applause. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> and so this morning I have a message that I really feel, uh, matter of fact, last night when I was going, I was, had a message that I thought I was going to preach. But when I woke up this morning... I really felt the Lord impressing this this word in my heart, and uh, so I believe it's a, a it's a timely word for for us uh, as Victory Outreach Mother Church, and I believe it should minister to no matter how long you've been around. If you've been you're newer to the ministry, preferably it'll challenge you and it'll give you some insight. But even those that have been around for a while. How many know that the longer you serve the Lord, sometimes you got to fan that flame a little bit to be able to stay focused and effective in the last days that we're living in. How many know it's not over till it's over? Come on, somebody. It ain't over till it's over. Come on, somebody. I know Chica sang a, a few weeks ago. You'll probably hear me sing a little bit. Hallelujah. And I, just plug your ears a little bit. But I, I think under the anointing you feel better than you really are, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Revelations chapter 3, verse 7. Maybe we could stand one more time just for the reading of God's word. And then I'll go ahead and let you be seated again this morning. I want to thank all the pastors, also the ministers that are here. Uh, it's good to see every one of you. Brothers and comrades in the Lord. Amen. Revelations chapter 3, verse 7. The Bible reads like this. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. Somebody say amen. Amen. I believe this is a a year and a season of the open door for our ministry and for us on a personal level. He says, I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word, and you have not denied my name. I will make those who are the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews, though they are not but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you since you have kept my command to endure patiently. You can tell that he's speaking to people that have been around for a while. I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Father, I pray a freshness of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Now here in the book of Revelations chapter 2 and chapter 3, many of us that have been serving the Lord for a period of time, we know that this is a portion of scripture that is dedicated to seven churches. And when you read commentaries, they say that the seven churches represent seven eras, being the first church and the second church, all the way to the Latter-day Church. And it talks about the condition of the Latter-day Church. And I believe the condition that you and I want to keep and the condition that you and I want to protect would be in alignment with the Church of Philadelphia. That this church, you could see from the letter that was written from the Apostle John, And he was writing a letter to these seven churches and and writing these encouragements, but I believe it also can minister to us today. When you look at the qualities and you look at the condition of this church of Philadelphia, I believe that these are the qualities and this is the condition that Jesus wants to see in the Latter-day Church. A church that is, even though we've had little strength, even though we've been through different seasons and been through different things, we have not denied His name. We've not thrown in the towel. We've we've not walked away. But some way, somehow, we've been able to endure hardship like good soldiers. We've been able to persevere a little bit. How many have been persevering a little bit? And you you've been enduring a little bit. But how many believe that when enduring comes, that that does something to us that strengthens us and that that molds us and that shapes us but I believe that the season of enduring is coming past and God is going to begin to release us into a new season that it's not a season of just standing firm. It's not a season of just fighting the good fight but it's a season of the open door. It's a season where he says, I've seen when you were weak but you didn't give up. I, I seen when you were battling but you didn't throw in the towel. And now I'm going to honor the fight. I'm going to honor the faith. I'm going to honor your ability to hold on to what you believe and not deny my name and now I'm releasing you from the battle and I'm going to release you into a season of the open door and I'm placing before you an open door that no man can shut, that no situation can shut. If you're believing in a season of the open door 2023 a season of the open door I need you to clap like God's opening up a door that no man can shut. A door open for your family, a door open for your ministry a door open that no weapon in in hell will be able to come Again, I need you to clap a little bit by faith if you believe in the God that we serve a God that is able to fulfill what He promises to our lives. And sometimes feelings do not lead us that way, but holding on by faith, holding on by faith that God, you have the final say, you have the final say in my life. So I'm not going to allow the discouraging season. Define my future. I'm going to hold on to the promise. You said you were going to do this. And regardless of what it looks like, I walk by faith and not by sight. If you said you're going to do it, I'm going to hold on until you bring this to pass. And I believe this is the condition of this church. John says, you had little strength, but you did not deny my name. You went through things, but you didn't throw in the towel. And therefore, I'm placing before you an open door, a door that no man can close. And I believe this is the season of the latter day, even the the theme of our, our ministry is he's coming soon. And before Jesus comes back, there's an open door that he's given to us as a ministry. And we have to guard ourselves so that we can aggressively step through the door that God is opening up to us. I wanna look a little bit at these qualities and preferably they could be a measuring stick for our heart, a measuring stick for our personal life, but also a measuring stick for our, or for our church. Is our church in these qualities? I thank God for the mother church that every time we come, we can, we can come to a model that represents a condition that we wanna be able to work towards in our cities and in our country and sometimes you're sitting in that culture you can get used to it but don't get used to the culture you're in don't get used to the dynamics of the ministry that you're in because then you lose the wow factor how many know we need to protect the wow factor of what God's doing in the mother church how many believe that God has been faithful to us for many years but God still has a new open door that he's placing before us not only for us as a ministry But even for us on a personal level. And if we lose the wow and the awe, we can begin to fall into the religious routines that affect the steps of faith for the future. And I believe that's a a good thing to look at in our life. Because we're just passing through. I have to always remind myself that this world is not my home. I'm headed to heaven. They have a song they sing in Cape Town. Heaven shall be sweeter all the time. Heaven, heaven, you are always on my mind. One day, I'm going to leave this world behind. Because heaven, heaven, you are always on my mind. <laughs> How many are headed to heaven? Come on. <laughs> Don't allow one season rob you of heaven. Hallelujah. And these qualities I want to take a look at real fast. And then I believe we're going to pray and we're going to trust God for something special to happen inside of our hearts. We're on the overflow of a powerful, powerful weekend that has taken place. One of the qualities that I believe the Lord is looking for in this latter day church is a quality of brotherly love. Quality of... Of love that we would be a loving church that we would not be a cold church or religious church but we would be a loving church a church that loves God with all of our hearts and a church that loves each other as we love ourselves. the word Philadelphia if you look at it it means brotherly love see this is what I, what I believe one of the main qualities main characteristics that God the Father wants to continuously see flowing through the life of his church. We could see that when they, when the religious people asked Jesus what was the greatest command, the answer to Christ reveals the heart of the Father. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, it says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. To love your neighbor as yourself, all the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. Every other thing is connected to these two. I believe that in the days we're living, I believe this is the assault of the enemy. He's not assaulting your stance, he's assaulting your love. He's not assaulting your stance because he knows you're not going to bow down. He knows you're not going to run away. You come too far to go back to where you come from. And you say, no, I'm not going back to where I came from. But I believe it's not the stance that the enemy sometimes is attacking. Sometimes it's the spirit that we stand in. He's trying to quench the love of the brother, the love of the sister. The Bible says that in the last days that the love of many will wax cold. We can stand in the house of God and be cold. Maybe we love God, but we lost our love for our brother, our love for our neighbor. I believe there needs to be a fanning of the love in our hearts, a love for Jesus and a love for each other. How many know we are a family, a victory outreach? When one hurts, we all hurt. We need to fan the flame of love and not just let him go through it or let her go through it. But when they hurt, I hurt. And we need to be there for each other like never before. We need to remind the, the man, the brother, the sister, that you're not in this fight by yourself you got a brother that's on your side you got a sister that's on your side is there any brothers and sisters in the lord i thank god for my brothers i i thank god for the family i would not be here this morning if it was not for the love of the family how many thank god for the family of victory outreach international we are a family that god has raised up and we got to guard the love that we have for one another we love God with all of our heart. But a true reflection of our love for God is the love that we have for each other. A love. Let me take a bunny trail real fast here. Real quick. Let me see if I could get through this. I'm just not in my notes, but brotherly love, right? Being there for one another. The importance of of not only loving your brother, but also accepting the love of your brother. Sometimes we love, but then we run into the, you know, talk to my hand, because my face don't understand, you know. Come on, somebody. You remember that in high school, we used to do that. I'm old, hallelujah. I'm old, I'm old, I'm old. Hallelujah, I'm still wearing a tie, too, come on. My God, <laughs> I'm old, I, I, I thought about it, I, like, I felt weird, like, no, I got to wear a tie, hallelujah, even though I voted for no ties, but then I still put on a tie, <laughs> my God, what's wrong with us, hallelujah, <laughs> we, we give love, but sometimes we have a hard time receiving love, now this reminds me real fast of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know the story Nebuchadnezzar built a statue and he told everybody, Bow down. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down. So then they were summoned. And once they were summoned by the king, then the king tried to intimidate them into bowing down. How I many whenever you take a stand for God, the enemy is going to try to intimidate you? And he tried to intimidate them. He said, Listen, I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going I'm to turn up this fire to intimidate you a little more. And I'm going to play this music again. And when the music plays, you get a second chance to bow down. And these three Jewish boys looked at the king. They said, listen, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, sorry, with all due respect, if you throw us in that fire, it's okay, because the God that we serve is able to rescue us. That was their first statement, which is powerful. We love that statement. But I think the second statement is even more powerful. They said, if you throw us in there, the God we serve could, could, could rescue us. But even if he doesn't. Even if he don't. So that tells me that they didn't know if God was going to come through or not. You ever felt like, oh, I don't know. What's going to happen in this situation? I'm, I'm going to stand for God, but I'm not sure the outcome of this thing. Now my question is if Shadrach was by himself, would he still have had the same confidence to look at King Nebuchadnezzar and this intimidating man with this intimidating fire, with this intimidating statue and this intimidating situation, not knowing if God was going to come through or not? What if he had still had the same confidence to take a stand? If Shadrach was all alone, would he he have still had the confidence to stand by himself? If if Meshach was by himself, but I believe that when they were standing before that king, not only did they know that God was going to be with them and sometimes they didn't even really know because the feelings weren't there, the goosebumps weren't there, the atmosphere wasn't there, so they kind of felt like, man we may, not, we may go through this thing and I'm not sure how God's going to come through but I know that I'm not alone why? because me, Shadrach I have Meshach with me and I have Abednego with me, so I believe as they stood before the enemy, they, they didn't feel like if God was going to come through but then they looked to their side and they said man, if Meshach's with me and if he can do it I can do it, and, and he looked at this and they had a unity amongst each other that said man if, if we're going to go down we're going to go down together and, and the bible says that when they threw the three of them in there that they learned how to dance in the fire and they were dancing in the fire see some of you can't dance in the fire because you don't have a meshach with you you don't have a Bendigo with you so every time you go through the fire you get dysfunctional and don't know how to act but when you got connection Brotherly love, even when you're in the fire. I come from that old school. I used to smurf. Come on, somebody. You say hit the head. I would have been in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, doing the electric slide. Come on, somebody. You know how to dance in the fire when you got your brother with you. When you got your sister with you. You say, devil, you can do your best. I'm not alone. I got my brother. I got my sister, and I'm gonna fight the good fight. Some of us protect the love you give, but also protect your heart to receive it. The enemy attacks the love of the heart of a man, the love of the heart of a woman, to build barriers that we think to protect ourselves, but we're actually disconnecting ourselves. And when we disconnect... We don't have the grace. We have the grace. God's going to keep you. I'm not not saying you're going to backslide. God will keep you. But I don't want to just stand. I want to stand with joy. I want to stand with peace. I don't want to bitterly stand for God. I want to stand for God with the joy of the Lord, knowing that I'm not alone and I'm together with the family. And when they threw the three in, he said, wasn't there only three that we threw in there? Who's that fourth one in there? There was a fourth one that was dancing in the crowd with him. He says, he looks like the son of God. See, where two or three are gathered... That's where I will be in my name. When you're not connected to the two or you're not connected to the three, you're, you're trying to fight all alone, but some of you are missing out on that fourth man in the experience because you're not connecting. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and love your brother as you love yourself. How many know these are the qualities that Jesus wants to continually establish within the church and within our hearts and with us as God's people? And the enemy will do his best to come against that love. In the last days, because of the increase of wickedness, lawlessness, the love of many will wax cold. How many know we got to guard the quality and the condition of our Christianity? This word that the Apostle John uses... When he says, love your neighbor as yourself, is not, many people think it's agape love. But he's not even using, he doesn't even hold us to that standard. He uses the word storge love, which is a family love. A family loyalty. That even though we have disagreements, we still love each other. I, I came from a very dysfunctional house, Pastor Sonny Jr. And, you know, my daddy was high as a kite, nodding on the couch, you know? Big old cigarette, uh, ashes. How do they do that? Just keep the ash, you know? <laughs> did they learn, did someone teach them that, you know? If you drop the ash, you're a rookie, you know? You, you, gotta, you gotta keep the ash, you know what I mean? Pops is on the couch with the long ash. Ash, 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 hallelujah, ashes, hallelujah, <laughs> mama's high as a kite, you know, she used to snort meth and clean the house when it didn't need to be cleaned, come on somebody, double scrub, you know, triple scrub, quadruple scrub, three in the morning scrub, come on somebody. And so I knew the dysfunction of my house. And when I would go out to the neighborhood, no no matter how dysfunctional my house was, don't you dare talk about my mama. I may let you get away with talking about daddy every now and then. Come on, somebody. But don't you dare talk about my mama. I love my mama. I storge my mama. And that's the same love that God wants to cultivate in the hearts of his people. That although we may not be biological family... But we're family. That's that's united in the blood of Jesus, and so therefore, the same way I wouldn't let you talk about my mama, I'm not gonna let you talk about my brother. I'm not gonna let you talk about my sister. Why? Because we are a family, and we, from this life to the next, will begin to stand together like never before. That in these last days, we don't have to fight the devil by ourselves. We got a family that is right here in Victory Outreach. We love the Lord with all. All our heart and we've cultivated our heart to love each other. These are the qualities that God wants to continually look down from heaven and see flowing through the life of His church. A love for Him and a love for each other. The second thing that I believe the Lord wants to continually see within the life of His church is not only love for Him and love for each other, But I believe God wants to continue to see an aggressive spirit in the life of the church. Not a stand-back passive spirit, but an aggressive spirit. A spirit that is willing when the opportunity opens itself to not be wounded from the past, but to be healed from the presence of God that regardless of what I've been through, Regardless of what I've experienced, when the new opportunity opens itself, sometimes we've been so wounded, and although we're standing, but we're affected. And so God brings, and I was in this place, so I'm preaching from my own, and I I won't know where I'm at until I get off the plane in Cape Town, and if you're watching, I'm coming home, hallelujah. Pray for me. But I was in a rough place. And so when you're in a rough place, you see the opportunity, but you don't have the energy to walk through it. And so you miss opportunity of the future because of wounds of the past. Hey, hey. Hey, Hey, Lord. Hey, Lord. Come on, somebody. Some of us have been through some stuff. He says in this portion of scripture, he says, I've seen that you've had little strength. In other words, I've watched you battle. I've watched you fight. But don't you dare allow the battles of the past and the fights of the past to rob you of the energy that's needed. And the focus that's needed and the passion that's needed to step through the open door that I'm about to place before your life the open door that I'm about to place before your family, the open door that I'm about to place before your business, the open door that I'm about to place before your ministry. I believe we're stepping into a year of the open door, a a year where God says, I'm honoring the fight of the past, and I'm taking away the battle, and I'm releasing you into a new season, season of opportunity, season of breakthrough. Before I come back, there's one more outpouring that I want to release upon the body. Will you have the energy? Will you have the passion to walk through the open door? Therefore, guard your heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. Guard our lives. That we do not allow the seasons that we've been through contaminate our spirit in a way that we're just standing. Because there are seasons of standing. In Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul says, when you've done everything that you can to stand, stand firm then. Warfare season. Warfare season. And you don't even know how to move forward. Either. You ever been there? I'm like this, man. <laughs> ah, you know. Some of you never been there. Come to Africa. Hallelujah. You be grabbing me like that. Ah! You know. You don't have even like a clear direction of where, where should I go? so But God's not expecting you to go nowhere. He's saying, just stand. Just stand. Let me deepen you. Let me remove pride. Let me get the things out of you that I need to get out of you. Let me... Let me purify you a little bit. Let me, let me deal with you a little bit. And, and it's hard when God's dealing with you. It's hard when God's squeezing you. But he's saying, don't run from the process. Don't jump off the wheel. Let me pop those bubbles. Let me do what needs to be done. Just stand. But warfare is not every year. Warfare is not every minute. There's seasons of warfare. Seasons of standing firm. But when the season of standing firm is lifted, now it's a season to advance the kingdom of God, to advance the kingdom of God. And sometimes because the season of standing affects our faith and our heart that we don't even recognize that the warfare season is over. We're walking around as if we're still in the battle. And God is saying, the battle's over. You've made it. Hallelujah. I kept you. If you believe you made it, go ahead and clap a little bit. Some of you, the devil's been lying to you. He makes you like that elephant that's on a rope. He said, The rope's already been lifted. You can move forward now. But sometimes we're standing in the wounds, we're standing in the past. And God is saying, I'm giving you a new day. You're a new man. You're a new woman. I'm giving you a new heart. Now I'm placing before you an open door that no one can shut. Refan that faith. Refan that flame and walk through the door that I've opened up for your life. Hallelujah. There's no greater joy. Benza, hallelujah! <laughs> There's no greater joy than being in the center of his will, of his plan for our lives. God has one more wave of revival and the door that's needed for us to get there. But sometimes our hearts have been affected. So we lose the energy and the passion to fight one more time. This reminds me of Acts 16 when the Apostle Paul was trying to go into the province of Asia. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord had closed that door. So you, you feel like that you have a season of, of bumping the closed door. And you get a little frustrated, a little discouraged. But then in the midnight hour, in the darkest time, then he opened up a new door. Could you imagine if Paul allowed the frustration of the last to affect his step of the next? Pastor Tom preached a message in the regionals. And he says the promises of the past were like the promises of Moses. Where God told Moses, just stand and watch the salvation of the Lord. Moses just stood with Israel because he knew where they were at. He knew their level. He says, they're not in a place to take any steps. Let me just prove myself to them. And he kept them in a place of standstill, and then he opened up the Red Sea, and they all went across in the promise. How many thank God that we had a promise like that? Hallelujah. I was released from the county and sent to the home, and I didn't know what was going on. Come on, somebody. I didn't believe in God. You know, daddy, mommy, strung out. Where's God in all this? You know what I'm saying? I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in Jesus. I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't looking for Jesus. I was weaseling my way out of a 13-year prison sentence. Come on, somebody. And they said, Mr. Lopez, we're not sure why we're doing this. We're going to suspend the 13-year sentence and give you one year in the Victory Outreach Recovery Home. All I had to do was stand. I didn't have to do nothing. I didn't even have to believe for that promise. I wasn't looking for God, but God was looking for me. I wasn't trying to get Jesus, but Jesus was trying to get me. You didn't get here because you're so smart and got yourself here. You got got here because of the love of God. That no matter how fast you were running, no matter where you were trying to go, the love of Jesus came after you. If you believe that the love of Jesus rescued you, picked you up, I need you to clap those hands a little bit. Because it was the love of God that penetrated the darkest time of our life. Gets us through, gets us out. The first promise. But the second promise, he told Joshua, now it's a new day. It's a new season. You're a new people. You're a different people. I'm not going to get you into the promise in the second promise the same way I did in the first promise. The first promise, all you had to do was stand. The second promise, you need to get the priests Pick up the Ark of the Covenant and you need to put your foot in the Jordan. You need to step in. Don't allow the battle of the wilderness stop your step for the promise. The battles of the past stop your steps for the future. Standing firm is needed in warfare, but when the battle's been lifted, and a new season begins to present itself. We need to be like the sons of Issachar and we need to know the times that we're in And we as Victory Outreach International are in a new time. We're in a new season. We're in a new day. It's a new opportunity. And what God's doing all over the world, God is modeling through this ministry right here. And I believe that this ministry sets the pace. This ministry steps the pace. Before the rest of us can get there, this one gets there. And I believe the same open door is here for you. There's an open door for you. And the pastors are moving through it. And the leadership's moving forward. But it's not just for the pastors. It's not just for the leaders it's everybody who has come under this roof or is watching online you are a part of this second promise now you gotta step by faith by faith, by faith, by faith you gotta step through this thing and watch the miracle watch the miracle of God watch the water stop watch the walls come down they marched around the walls and he told them just be quiet don't say nothing this time Every time you talk, you mess it up. Come on, somebody. <laughs> he said, This time just tch, 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 and just march, march, knowing the God you serve. Walk around. You're in a new season. The wilderness is over, the battles of the past are over. It's a new season in the promised land. Yes, we've entered in. But there's an expansion, and an acceleration that's being released. Are you ready to walk through this promise? I said, are you ready to walk through this promise? We need to be an aggressive people for the honor and the glory of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God suffers violence. But the violent, the violent take it by force. Sometimes we get hit. So we don't get aggressive no more. We fall into a passive, standing firm. Hallelujah. Yada, da, 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 da. And I'm not talking about the outward expression. Because some are, that's just how they worship. It's not a problem. But the inner drive. The inner drive to stretch. The inner drive. But I believe there's gonna be a liberty on the stretch. There's going to be a liberty on the stretch. How many are ready to stretch with liberty? You know, after you've worked out a while, I've been going to the gym with this MMA guy. This guy beats me down, boy. He told me like this. He told me, your brain is stupid. I said, well, what, are you, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, your, your brain is stupid. And I'm like, brother, you got broken English or what? What you talking about, Willis? Come on, somebody. (laughs) And he says, your brain tells you your body you can't. But your body knows it can. So after you break through, the boxer. Come on, Xavier, right? After you break through and you get into a place, your body longs for the things that used to be painful. Your body longs to work out. It's a season of the open door. That God's going to give you a liberty on your stretch, a liberty on your sacrifice, a liberty. The things that used to seem so hard are not going to seem so hard anymore. How many are believing God for the supernatural? I need you to clap a little bit by faith. If you believe it's a new season, if you believe it's a new day with a new anointing, a new presence. I believe we're on the overflow of this prayer summit, and God is releasing supernatural activity in the air. That your heart is going to get mended. That your mind is going to get mended and you will have the strength and the passion to move effectively through the open door that God has placed before us clap a little bit if you believe it I said clap a little bit if you believe it clap by faith close your eyes and worship by faith I need you to trust that the God that we serve is a faithful God and he will bring it to pass hallelujah stand with me the church of Philadelphia, the qualities were the ones that the father looked at and said, because of these qualities, I will rescue you from the time of trial that's coming upon the whole world. I believe that's the rapture. Take us from the trial. Because we've protected our condition. We protected not only our stance, but the quality of our stance. And it's not easy. He says, I know you've been weak. I know you felt discouraged. But you've not denied my name. You didn't throw in the towel. And so therefore I'm placing before you an open door. Now this was before the rescue. The open door comes before the rescue. We're in the season of the open door. But then the other church was Laodicea. And he says the same things. I've seen your stance. I've seen this. They can't tolerate this and this. He says, but one thing I hold against you. It's not what you're doing. It's the spirit that you're doing it. In. You've gotten away from your first love. Therefore, I'm going to spoo you out of my mouth. Now, I'm not going to get in no doctrinal sword fights with this thing. But even if I get spooed into heaven, I ain't trying to get spit into heaven. I don't know if that's a spool you're going to get left behind or a spool into wherever. But if the Bible says I'm going to spit you out of my mouth, I don't want to fall into that category. And that category has nothing to do with what I do. It has everything to do with the spirit that I do it in. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to fan the flame. Fan the flame of our love. Fan the flame of our love for God and our love for each other. And flam the flame. Fan the flame of passion. That we will have the strength and the energy that's needed to walk through this open door. An open door that has souls so many souls so many broken people so many hurting confused people high schoolers that are contemplating taking their own life there's an open door in that school colleges that are being indoctrinated with all types of beliefs of this gender and that gender God is going to place before us an open door high schools, universities communities your family your children your ones you've been praying for but will you have the energy will you have the passion to witness again will you have the passion to tell them the answer Will you let them know that this many years ago I too was hurting but there was the love of Jesus and the love of Jesus that was there then is the same love of Jesus that is here now. I want you to lift up your hands and I want you to lift up your worship. I believe that it is the season of the open door. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and listen. Remember that. The last two conditions, one was lukewarm, and one was fiery. I believe God wants to continually cultivate the fire of Philadelphia, fiery Philadelphia. And some of us, because of the the sinfulness of the times, the disappointments, our love has somehow waxed cold, and God is saying, I want to supernaturally It happened to Timothy when he was pastor in the church of Ephesus. Paul said, fan that flame, brother. Fan that flame. God's not done with you yet. Don't you dare throw in the towel. Don't just stand. Don't just, I don't want you just standing. I want you to stand with fire. I want you to stand with joy. I didn't promise strength just to stand. I promised joy to stand. I promised freshness. I promised a fresh anointing. My mercies are new every day. There's a newness of God that's coming upon us. Lift up your hands all over this place. Lift up your worship all over this place. And let's worship the Lord a little bit. Hey, hallelujah. This is how I find my Come on, lift up those hands. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viocino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.